0: Welcome to Changing Birth. I'm Hannah Willsmore, a midwife, lactation consultant, childbirth educator, and mum to a busy two-year-old boy. Whether you're planning a baby, pregnant, or navigating early parenthood, this podcast is for you. Before we begin, I want to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which I live and work, the Ghana people. I pay my respects to their elders past and present, and honour their birthing wisdom passed down through generations. Let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. This week, this episode is all around how a midwife and childbirth educator prepares for their own birth. This is something that a lot of you guys have asked me about. What am I doing to prepare? How am I using the techniques? What choices am I making? All of that kind of thing. So I'm going to run through today in this pretty short and sharp episode the four main things that I have focused on in preparation for my birth. So as I'm recording this, I'm currently 36 weeks pregnant, so definitely getting towards the tail end now. I know that this baby could be here soon or it could still be quite a few weeks off and that's okay, but I'm definitely ramping up that preparation now and also looking forward to starting maternity leave because then I know I will have a bit more time in the day to be able to practice some of the techniques and really drop into that mindset for birth. So the first thing that I did and I think is so important when preparing for birth is finding a supportive care provider or choosing a supportive care provider. I've talked about this a little in previous episodes, but I had done a lot of research around this and explored different options and thought about what I would do before I was even pregnant. So when we first got that positive test, I contacted her really, really early to book in. And that's because I knew that they book out incredibly quickly and having a supportive care provider to me was one of the most important factors in our birth. So we have a private midwife, I had known her before. Um, We have lots of great private midwives in Adelaide. I would have felt really comfortable with a number of them, but this particular midwife, I really like her perspective. I like how she balances that holistic care with also the evidence based information as well. And I just really trusted her. And I think that trust is so important. I am really confident that if she says to me in labor look I think we need to transfer into hospital um, because we're planning home birth you know if she recommends that um, I really have that trust in her and I trust her judgment and I know that she's not going to pressure me into things um, that are not research based or are not really needed and that's unfortunately something I see a lot with clients that I work with they feel like they are really getting pressured into those interventions and I just feel really lucky that I have a supportive care provider who isn't doing that and that's something where throughout pregnancy I've really um really seen the value of that I think I always knew about it before but just knowing that I just have so much confidence but also um lack of stress knowing that I'm not going to just get you know railroaded into something or there's not these sort of cutoffs of where I won't be able to have the home birth anymore or I or there's the all these hard and fast rules kind of thing and policies Um, of course she has recommendations and um will give her clinical advice and has those kind of boundaries and and you know what she would recommend but it's just a really different vibe and a different feeling not fit, not um, being pressured into things, um, and I've had that before with care providers, with other um, medical things over the years. Where I have felt like I haven't been given the information; I've just been told this is what we're doing. And I know how hard that is, and how frustrating that is. So, definitely for me now being at the tail end of pregnancy, I can a hundred percent see that value in continuity of midwifery care, having that same person, but also just having someone whose view of birth and pregnancy is aligned with how you also see it. Um, and I had had a look at their statistics as well for this midwifery practice before and you know, they're incredible they have fantastic outcomes for their mums and babies but really low intervention rates. And for me one of my big goals is having a physiological birth that is what I would like to work towards. And so having a provider that is has good statistics around physiological birth was really important to me. So that's definitely one of the key things that I can confidently say was one of the best decisions that we have made in, in pregnancy is around the care provider that we chose. The next thing that I have been focusing on is my birth team and really thinking about how that's going to look and making sure that they are confident in their role. So particularly with my partner, of course, he has absorbed a bit of this over the years from me Talking and teaching and all of those kind of things, he was very comfortable with our decision to plan a home birth and very confident in my ability to do it and all those kind of things. But really, we—I'd never taught him the hypnobirthing techniques because we had no need to. So, uh, we have spent time going through the different techniques, going through the massage techniques, the acupressure points, um, the breathing, just really things, making sure he understands around the hormones of birth, the neocortex, what we're trying to do with creating that environment, getting as much oxytocin as going as possible. And that's something for us where I've really said to him and and had that discussion that one of the big things I, I will need his help with is building that oxytocin. That's something that he can do better than anybody else in that room. So we're focused on that quite a lot as well. We also have a doula and so I've done We've done a session with her together. Um, I She's a remedial massage therapist. So I've also seen her for a couple of massages and we've had chats about different things. So, yeah, it's just been really great having her perspective as well. Um, I think that's really helping me to drop out of my midwife brain and I'm hoping that will happen even more over the next few weeks because I think everyone goes, oh, you're a midwife, you'll just nail this, you know, you know everything. And, like, that, part of that is true but it's also very, very hard to switch off that thinking brain. I think when this is your job and it is something that you just spend so much of your life kind of researching so that's been great to have those discussions with her she's really talked about um the birth and her role and uh, my partner's role and how everyone's going to kind of work together type of thing and just been looking at the timing Uh, we do have um so we have a doula we have our primary midwife there'll be a second midwife for the birth and we also have a birth photographer so that's five people including my partner and I was a little bit mindful or hesitant with having that many people in my birth space. Uh, At the end of the day, when we're in labor, we are kind of like other animals and we often do need to find that private, calm space. And I talked to my doula about this because I do want all of those people there, of course, but... I was just a little bit worried about that. And um, she was just talking about, you know, some of the different options and how, um, you know, the second midwife really comes closer to the birth and just talking about ways that we can help create that privacy and that intimate environment, even with some other people in in the space. And, again, um, for me, I know all of those people from working in this industry, so that really helps. Like they're not an unfamiliar face to me anyway. So I'm not thinking it will be a huge deal, but it is something that did cross my mind. And it was really good to talk to the doula, our doula, um, about that and just what I'm hoping her to do and how she can support us and how she can support my partner as well, how she can work with my midwife. She has actually attended quite a few births with our midwife as well. So that's a really handy little thing, um, a little extra bonus. So just, I think, um, yeah, the the sort of key thing around that point is making sure that my partner's really confident with what he can do, knowing that I won't be able to teach him this stuff in labour. I think that goes for all partners. You know, it's the type of thing where you want to be confident in the tools and techniques and what you Can do before Labour even starts because she will be switching off that neocortex and that thinking brain as much as possible, and then really thinking about how it's gonna look. How early do I want to have the doula here with me? Um, what kind of techniques do I want to use first? What do I want to use a little bit later? What would I like my partner to do when Labor's starting? And of course, it's all it's a little bit up in the air because you don't know how long it will be, you don't know if labor will start in the day or night, like it's all variable, but just having those discussions and really for me um, what has been not tricky but different is thinking about myself in labor because I'm always trying to work with my clients and be very much, about what do you want to do and what's important to you and what techniques do you like and being quite non-biased and having that kind of um, very non-judgmental and and very much not trying to put my perspective on to what I think other people should be doing. But now that it's me, I can do that, obviously, and that's important. So just really switching to thinking, okay, out of the techniques that I teach, what are my favourite ones? What ones do I feel like work really well for me? Um, And so some of the things that... I have really focused on other breathing techniques. I know that will be massive and really practicing them in different birthing positions. So sitting on the side of the bed, sitting on a football on all fours, standing in the shower, like really getting confident and comfortable using those techniques in different ways. The massage as well. I'm definitely a touchy feely person. um, And so I think I will like that in labor. Again, it might change. I might not want any of that at all in labor, but I think the massage and the hip squeeze technique will be really good in labor. Using the water and the birth pool is also something that I want to do in using a TENS machine. My plan is to use the TENS machine from earlier in labor and kind of try and use that and other techniques as long as I can and then hop in the bath. Um, That's not necessarily something people always have to do, but it's just something that that's kind of how I'm thinking we will use the techniques and just trying to rest as much as possible when it starts, maybe use the shower um, and... Yeah, that kind of thing. So that's sort of where we're at with with the techniques at the moment. That's some of the ones I really like. Also using the comb, I've got one of the acupressure combs from Birthplace, which has a little affirmation on it as well. I talk about using combs in my hypnobirthing classes and how we can actually hold the comb and squeeze it with the teeth of the comb pushing into our hand. And I found that to be really effective with a lot of clients. So I have got that myself. Um, Also setting up the birth environment, we have got all the little affirmation cards um, that we're going to put up in the space and little fairy light candles and, um, sorry, little LED LED tea light candles, stumbling over my words there, and uh, birth playlist and, and that kind of thing all sort of good to go. So pretty much the techniques that I teach is exactly what I'm practicing for myself as well. And yeah, that practice has really been key and that's something that I'm really making time for, especially in those last few weeks. I do have, um, like I'm still working at the moment, so I still have that going on, but really taking those pockets in the day to listen to some of the guided meditations, to listen to the affirmations, to spend time when I'm in the shower reading through the affirmations which I've got on the outside of the shower, that practice and that reprogramming of Our subconscious mind is so important. And through that repetition and that practice, is how we get to that point. And although I have taught this course for a number of years, and obviously a lot of that is in my subconscious and um, is really embedded in there, there's still other things that flick into your mind or things that, um, you know, things that I've, scenarios that I've navigated as a midwife. Um, or I do a lot of work with supporting people after they've had a traumatic birth as well, which is, you know, an important part of my job. And I really like holding that space for clients and helping them to debrief with that. But also, you know, there's the emotional side of that as well. I really feel for my clients, um, in in, in those scenarios, like, you, you know, you feel that emotion and, um, just really making sure that that doesn't then affect my mindset as well. So that's also where the techniques have been really helpful. And then the last thing that I'm really focusing on at the moment is dropping into that headspace of being a mum, which I think is important for everybody, no matter what your background is or your work. Probably more important for first-time mums because it is that that big shift from probably you know most likely working full-time to then parenting full-time and um, being at home with the baby and and that kind of thing. It's very different. Mindset's very different. Physically, it's you know everything kind of changes. So I have really been focusing on sort of dropping into that space and that's why with work I have one more week but I'm um got quite a tight boundary on that last day I'm not going to be doing anything else afterwards I'm I've got you know jobs that I want to get done and tasks before them but if they're not done that's it they will be done later on down the track and so I know how important that is to be able to switch more into that mindset and my doula and midwife we've both have both mentioned that to me as well Um, and especially being self-employed it is easy to just keep working because we can, and I can easily just do a little bit every day, but I'm not going to because I I know how important it is to to switch off that part of of our brain. So just little things like I've written out our birth plan and I just need to print it. I haven't printed it off yet. So I just want to make sure that I've got that done. We have pretty much got everything ready. Um, There's still a few things like I'd like to, you know, potter around and um, wash the baby clothes and, you know, just different things like that. Um, But essentially if this baby does come at 37 weeks, we are ready, you know, And, and that to me was just had a bit of a freak out a few weeks ago because I had just been very focused on finishing work. And I thought, oh, there's, you know, things that we need and not anything essential, but things that I just wanted to have ready to go. Um, and, and so that was something where, yeah, now we've got all of that just different products that I wanted to use um, that I wanted to try out. And I'll of course report on them later, but just different things that I'd sort of been putting off a little bit in pregnancy and then suddenly thought, okay, we're 35 weeks, let's get these things happening. So what I recommend to clients that I'm working with is to have a lot of that planning and the birth plan written and the researching and learning the techniques and all of those kind of things done by 37 weeks so that you can then switch off. And by all means still, you know, you you don't have to have everything perfectly organized or everything perfectly tidy and all the nesting done and, um, you know, all the, all the techniques super, you know, confident with them. But what I, think is really good is to just be able to slow down that pace in that time and take the time going for a walk or practicing the breathing or having a really nice bath, having a longer shower, spending time, you know, making a really nice breakfast and enjoying eating it with with two hands and without a little baby that wants to be held at the same time and just really dropping into that space. And, And again, this is my experience at the moment. So when this episode actually airs, my baby may actually be here. And so I'm sure I'll record other episodes afterwards and I might have a slightly different perspective on it, but that's my approach at the moment. It's definitely what I see work well with clients is that if they can do a lot of that prep and planning and just things like that before, um, that can help them to slow down at that time. And don't get me wrong. I've definitely got things that I'm planning on doing while I'm on maternity leave, like doing a big freezer cook up, um, just, uh, going through lots of different cupboards and creating space and just, we try and have quite a minimum house anyway, but we've got a bit of clutter that, that we have accumulated. So just working through that stuff and maybe, um, around the backyard and just with a few plants tending to them, that kind of thing. Like there's definitely things I want to do. So I think having some things to do, not just sitting around waiting for a baby is a good idea, but just low stress stuff, low pressure stuff. Um, I also want to take a bit more time just to journal a bit more and write down, um, Some things I've kept a pregnancy journal, but I will be the first to admit that there's some weeks I have missed because I've just been busy, and so actually, really just writing down things and um, remembering how I'm feeling at the moment. And, and that that's the perspective um, is something I'll be focusing on in those last few weeks. So thinking about for you, how can you switch off? How can you get more into that mum mindset? And it might be reading, it might be going for a walk, it might be catching up with friends. Um, just really starting to think about that slowing down and that shift and just taking it easy. But body's, you know, doing some really good, amazing work. Um, at that point and like I said I think it's about what you want to do in those last few weeks but also um, picking things that are low stress so for you if cooking is not a relaxing thing then maybe don't do that or if there's certain friends that you might catch up with or family where you think oh they're maybe going to tell me their horror stories around birth or this is not really going to be supporting the mindset that I'm working towards, then that might not be actually a good idea at that point. So think about it for you and think about, you know, what kind of things you can do in that time to not so much keep busy, but I think, yeah, when we just sit around waiting for this baby every day, then it can get a little bit tedious as well. So it's that balance of slowing down, but also feeling like, um, you've got some enjoyable things that you can do. And a lot of people have said to me, and I say it to a lot of clients as well, maybe do things that you won't be able to do with a new baby or things that will be tricky with a new baby. Maybe going to the movies, going out for dinner with your partner or with your family, uh, going for a really um, nice, slow, long walk and having a coffee or maybe having brunch out at a cafe or maybe just having a long shower and not – Feeling rushed or or anything like that, I think is sometimes good to take that time in the last few weeks, and that's definitely something a lot of mums have said to me um, throughout my pregnancy and, and focusing on maternity leave. So that is the main things that I've been focusing on as a midwife and a childbirth educator. My preparation has been slightly different to what I teach my clients, but then a lot of things do overlap because. It is all about preparing for birth, preparing our mindset, preparing our body, making sure our partners are on board, that we've got a great supportive care provider and we're building a great team around us as well and that's things that are important for everybody. So yeah, hopefully that's been interesting and given you a little bit of insight into what we're doing preparation wise. I know a lot of my hypnobirthing clients do listen to this podcast. And when I'm teaching the course, I try not to talk too much about um, my experience and what I'm doing, because like I said, I want it to be about you and, and I want to share it from that um, not biased or, or, you know, that, that diff, that really um neutral kind of perspective but I know a lot of you are curious about what we're doing how we're preparing what things I found to be really helpful and really important um at this point so yeah hopefully you guys found it helpful. Um, as I was saying before this episode by the time it goes live our little man may actually be here. Um, so that will be exciting. That's a little bit crazy to think about actually, but that is yeah, exciting. Um, but hopefully you found it helpful and it gave you some little insights for your journey. to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I would be ever so grateful if you could rate and review on your favorite podcast player. See you next week.